Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this blessing you have bestowed upon me to meet here with, with Mr. Todd Citron on this program. You've been so good to all of us, allowing us to go to the blessed visit, the blessed sacrament in the Adoration Chapel every, every day or every Friday morning. And we can stay there as long as we want. And I've have to, have had the opportunity to be able to open up the uh, tabernacle since and expose the Holy Eucharist. Since because of COVID, we haven't had that opportunity, but now we are able to do it, although just can't be too many in there at the same time. It's because of you that you have brought him into my life, and I thank you for that. This has been a very, very good blessing for me. And I thank you for having him there and all of his comrades who come in with him in the morning. And I thank you in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. I always say I'm super excited, and my wife gets on me for saying cliche things, but I am today just blessed to have Miss Pat Cormier-Colbert on the show today. Welcome, Miss Pat. Thank you. You know, Miss Pat and I have been attending the same Adoration Chapel for now. We just talked about over 16 years, and, um, you know, she's a very devout, uh, beautiful woman that has has touched my life, and we don't get to talk too much because it's quiet up in there, but... uh, I want you to go back and tell me a little bit about yourself and start start at the beginning. Okay, I have been a parishioner at St. Pius Tent Church for fifty years. That was five zero. Five, five <laughs> yeah, five zero. That's a lot. At that time, I was pregnant for my middle son, Dr. Jason Cormier. So that's how I know the exact the exact amount of time uh-huh. I have been there. And uh, I have taught at Holy Family School, at Holy Rosary Institute at UL, and Lafayette Parish School System at Lafayette High and David Thibodeau. I was at Lafayette High for 34 plus, so some of you who are listening to me out there, I may have been your teacher. (laughs) And I've also taught night classes at UL. I retired about two years ago because I got hurt at school. Otherwise, I'd probably still be there. That's just how much I loved it. And I do miss the students. But I do various things around St. Pius X Church. Like, I was a sacristan assistant to Mallory until COVID-19 came, so now we solve on, on a different schedule. I'm also a Eucharistic minister. I'm involved in Come Lord Jesus uh, group meetings. I am a secular Carmelite and have been one for about 20 years. And... That's a lot. <laughs> she does everything, okay? If anybody goes to St. Pius, they know Miss Pat, and... Uh, you know, she's just about doing everything over there, and um, it's just uh, an honor for me to, to be with her today. So, Miss Pat, I guess I want to ask so many questions. How many children do you have? I had four. I have okay. three surviving. My youngest one, Jeremiah, died in a car accident about a half mile from my house mm-hmm. almost 25 years ago. Mm, I'm so sorry. And he was still, still living with me. But I, I figured that was, that, was, that was in God's plan, because believe it or not, when I had him, uh, I heard in my heart that he was going to pass before I did. Oh, and thank God I didn't keep that on my mind. But when it happened, it all it all came back to me. But uh, he was still living with me. 
And my three surviving children, one is John Cormier, and, and, and these three graduated from St. Thomas More. He was an investment banker. He lived in New York for a while, and he was caught in at 9-11. Mm-hmm. And he stayed there about six more months, and then he moved to Miami Beach, Florida. But he's an entrepreneur. He's all watches, and he's still an investment banker. My oldest child is Dolores Cormier Zenon, and she has her doctorate in education. And she she went to the doctorate program while she was recuperating from breast cancer. And then I have Dr. Jason Cormier, who is a neurosurgeon here in Lafayette. And he's been here, I guess, about 10 years now. So Now, Miss Pat, mm-hmm. I know you've been spending some devout time in that Adoration Chapel, but what you just described to me is supernatural. I mean, all these successful children, wow. You know, Calvin is uh, couldn't be with us today. He wanted to co-host the show, but, but we were talking about before you came on, and he likes to always say that the, the spiritual relationship with the, with, the, with the parent always has a direct relation on the success of the child. And I can vouch for it with you now I'm hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was a single parent because my husband and I divorced when my youngest one was about four years old. I think Jerry was maybe three or four years old. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to to the doctor's son because once they grow up and go to school, they think they know more than a parent, right? <laughs> so uh, I have to tell them, uh, even though I don't have all the degrees that you have, I have the wisdom. And so and I tell myself, I pray for you guys every morning at church. So he didn't believe me, so I rolled, rolled up my pants legs, and he saw my knees. He told his sister later on, he said, you know, Mama really pray for us every day. You should see her knees. <laughs> yes. So. so, you know, going back to Pentecost, and I want to tell the story because it's funny. You never heard this. And her and I got put together like a long time ago, uh, <laughs> probably 05, in the, in the old Adoration Chapel at Pius. And you know, I came by myself, and uh, and I liked being by myself, but but I'll tell you quickly, a friend of mine, Jeff Benton, and his wife, Denise, they were parishioners at Pius. I'm not a parishioner at Pius, and, you know, I had made Chrissy, and he calls me and says, hey, they, they want to do perpetual adoration at Pius, and, you know, she has an hour at 5 a.m., and she can't make it, and, you know, would you do it? And I'm like, no, because I'm not a morning person, and, you know, I'm, thank you for calling and lose my number, you know? And, uh, and I, I literally hung up on him, and I felt, you know, the good Lord give me the guilt and, 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 and leaning on me. And I, so I called him back, and I said, Jeff, I will go this Friday, but don't ever ask me again. I said, I'm going to go cover for her, but please lose my number. And I went that Friday morning, Miss Pat, and you were probably there, I'm sure. And I have been there every Friday. Well, you know, I'm not there every Friday. I try. But but most every Friday for over 16 years as a result of that. And she, Miss Pat, has been there, I'm going to say every Friday. I know she's been there, you know, religiously every Friday. But here we go. Uh, so after I made Chrysia, a friend of mine, Brian St. Cyr, came on, came, came to, wanted to go to Adoration. And I'm like, Hey, that's my hour, you know, get, get your own, you know, I didn't say that, but you know, and so I'm like, God, dog it. I wanted to kind of be by myself. And, and so then he came and then another curse siesta and another, and you can tell the story, so you know, how many, how many have we had in there? And it's embarrassing About because eight. yeah, mm-hmm. I know for a fact that one morning, and I remember this, you were there. We, we had 16 guys in there and, right. and poor Miss Pat, you know, my mother had six boys and, you know, I'm feeling so sorry for her. Like she's surrounded by all these guys. 
but you're one of the guys as far as I'm concerned, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, and we've had some special mornings, you know. Right. So tell me, Miss Pat, I mean, we're all doing our kind of our own thing. There's no playbook when you go in the Adoration Chapel, but, but what is yours? What, what's your routine? Well, I'll usually unlock the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And then I'll uh, say my liturgy of hours because we say, uh, as Carmelites, we have to say our morning prayers. And I used to do it at home, but now I prefer to uh, do it over there. So I'll do my office of readings, then I'll do my liturgy of hours. And after that, I'll say my rosary, and I'll say the Divine Mercy Chapel, chaplet. Uh, I'll say it for everybody because I can't remember all the people who've asked me to pray for them. So I just say everybody, all those who've asked and those who haven't asked. You know? <laughs> and um, and I'm, I'm, I may do, do some reading. Uh, if I have time, and if I don't have time, I generally stay in there about an hour. Mm-hmm. Then I leave and go in church because we start the rosary at five thirty, five thirty-five. And after mass, I go back in there for about another half hour, sometimes for an hour, because it's just so peaceful and it, it makes my day. And if I don't go, I feel as though something is wrong because wow. my, my day is just not the same. And with three boys and a girl, you know, you <laughs> <laughs> you have to pray a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And so, you know, here we are all proud of ourselves. We catch an hour, you know, 5 a.m. It's a little tough. And Miss Pat's doing an hour plus an hour, you know, showing us all up there. But uh, it's so beautiful. And uh, I, I appreciate you letting us be a part of your hour because it is your hour. And uh, and, and I brought all these couillons upon you. And, and some of these guys will snore in the hour. You know, I won't name names, John Reed, uh, you know, but some of our guys have some quirky things going on. And it's always funny because uh, every once in a while someone else will come in our hour and that's not a part of our group. And, you know, it's like these people are like, who are all these people in, in the chapel? You know, like, this is weird. And it really is crazy. I mean, I don't know how. But I would say on average what we have, you know, I'm not going to cheat. I, I know during COVID we're supposed to be limited. So we're, so officially we have six, I think, in the chapel. Sometimes seven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because but, we have but, eight chairs and they're all taken. And sometimes I'll just get up and leave so somebody else can sit. <laughs> I know, I know. But my hour really... My hour used to really be on Saturday mornings from 5 to 6. Okay. And so since I get up early, I go unlock the tabernacle. I usually get about 3 o'clock in the morning, go unlock the chapel, go unlock the, the tabernacle, and I just sit in there. So I'm just going there. That's really not my hour, but it's a good hour for me. That's so nice. That. So tell me, um, you know, I don't know. I like to talk about supernatural things only because it strengthens, I think, the faith of our audience, you know. But I can only imagine, you know, the the supernatural experiences that you've had in your life or in the chapel. But, you know, if I was to hard press you and say, hey, Miss Pat, how do you know that God really exists? You know, but g- give me some examples. Well, so many things have happened in, happened in my life. When my youngest son got killed almost 25 years ago, I remember... I had overslept, and they came in and knocked on my door. And the first thing I said to myself, oh, my goodness, I overslept. I was going to mass at the Carmelites. And I opened the door, and there were these two policemen standing there. And I had, usually when I'd pass by his room, I would, op- I would check to see if he was in bed. But that particular morning, I didn't. And so they came in and uh, asked me, you know, if my husband was home with me. I say no. So they told me, well, we need to talk to you. And so, so I sat down, but I already knew before they told me. Mm-hmm. I knew. And I hadn't seen his car parked outside, outside next, next to mine. So, then, so when they told me, I said, well, excuse me a minute. I went to my room, 
and got my prayer beads. Mm. And I sat down and I started praying while they were telling me everything that happened. And then I called my, uh, called John, the, the oldest boy. He was, he was in Dallas because he was in school at that time at Warden School of Business. So he was doing some, some clinical work, I guess. And then I called the other two. And Didi, my daughter, she's the oldest child. She was pregnant for my youngest grandson. And it seemed as though everything, God, God just had everything in place. I was able to, you know, right off the bat, I was able to get a vault, just get everything taken care of. And a few months later, my grandson was born on his birthday. Wow. On his birthday. What's that so, day? Uh, November 22nd, John F. Kennedy assassination. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but I was able, he gave me the strength to type up his program to contact a senior Mouton who was out of town at the time. He was on his vacation, which kind of worked out because he and Jerry weren't right. So uh, we called Father Terrio, who was on vacation, but he came in and he said the, uh, said the Mass along with uh, two other priests. And that's what I'm saying. Everything just, just happened, just fell into place. I really didn't have to do much of anything because whenever I went to do it, it was, you know, it was already, already laid out for me. So... I really didn't cry that much, and people was wondering what was wrong with me, but I knew that was God taking care of everything. And ever since that time, I, you know, I trusted him, but not the way I trust him now. I mean, I don't care what happens. I see it's, it's, in, it's in God's hands. And the, uh, uh, children have told me things several times, and I said, you know what? If I had control of everything, because in those days, I just knew I had everything under control. <laughs> he said, uh, I said, if I could, could have controlled everything, I said, Jerry would still be here today. I said, he's not. I said, God has his plans. That's all I can do. Just be patient, and he'll handle it. Mm-hmm. And he does. That's so beautiful. You're listening to Cajun Catholics Radio Show. Today's guest is Miss Pat, uh, Miss Pat Carmier-Colbert. She's uh, an avid parishioner of St. Pius and custodian of the church, I would say, and uh and retired school teacher for 50 years. What grade did you teach? All, all of them? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I taught the sciences. I taught biology. I taught environmental science. I taught chemistry. And I introduced a course known as molecular genetics or DNA science mm. and physical science. So I started teaching in the fifth grade. And I went up to college and I preferred high school because high school kids always think they know everything. <laughs> and I let them go on until they find out they really don't know as much as they thought they did. <laughs> and I enjoyed the high school kids. Mm-hmm. I really did. Now, just out of curiosity, you taught for so long. Did you teach catechism? No? At uh, Holy Family and at Holy Rosary. And I did it one year at St. Pius X. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see. All right. Well, I have never, I will never, and I will, I will challenge anyone uh, that, that Miss Pat has the deepest devotion to the Eucharist of, of any person I've ever met. And I, I, my thought this morning when I woke up, when I knew we were coming here, was I was thinking, you're, you're, you're a Eucharistic minister, and you're such an adorer of, of the Eucharist. And it makes it maybe a little more special when you hand the Eucharist out. i got to believe it's a little more special. What's that, what is that like? just knowing you're handling the body of Christ. Do you think it's, about it It's a surreal. Lot or, it's, yeah. it's unreal. I don't think about it, but I just make sure that my soul is clean before I do it. And uh, I love doing it, and I can't give it to myself, although I would if I could. Right. But it's, it's special. It, it, is, it is very, very special 
because not everybody is called to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm a lecturer too, so. Sure. I uh, had a crazy, you reminded me of a crazy, I always have these crazy dreams and I dreamed that I was at a communion service outside and the priest brought the chalice over and he just said, take one. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. You know, you have to give it to me. And, and, and it was the weirdest <laughs> dream. That was the whole dream, but it's like I, I dreamed crazy stuff. So anyway, so Miss Pat, you know, how would you convince or tell our listeners that Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist? You know, you've had a front row seat for a long time of the presence of Christ in that bread. But what would you tell our youngsters? Sit quietly and adore him. And he'll speak to you in your heart. And you may think you're hearing things, but you know you know, you know his voice. It be, it's, it's a whisper, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember one time in speaking to Father, one of the young new priests at Pius, I said, you may think I'm crazy, I said, but I hear him in my heart. And when my son got killed, uh, I went to Mass that Monday morning, and I came back and I told the kids, because right after communion, he told me how it happened. And I went home, I said, I know how Jerry died. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's... It's special, and he, um, things, all kind of things going on in the world. My kids tell me, Mom, you don't worry about anything. I don't, because I'm very much at peace. Because no matter what happens, he is in control. Mm. That's yeah. so beautiful. And it's best not to fight it. I tell my brothers all the time, I say, you may as well accept what he sends, because the harder you fight, the more you're going to suffer. <laughs> Just accept him, thank him for it. Okay, so I want to know where all your faith comes from. How does a person you know, have the conviction that you have in your life? It, was it your parents, or was there someone special in your life? Well, I went to a Catholic school, mm-hmm. and then where'd I went... You, where'd you go? I went to Holy Rosary. Okay. And I went to, it was St. Paul's at the time, and, well, the nuns will, will see to it that you, <laughs> that you learn <laughs> something. But what really, really got me involved, really got me into it was when I went to school at UL, and I, I would study, but I knew I needed this extra help to get me, get me through. So every day at noon, I would go to the chapel, I would go to church, and I'd go upstairs and I'd play the organ, and I'd attend mass every day. And from that point on, even after I had my children and I was pregnant and all, I'd go to mass every day. Mm. And it deepened after, more so after Jerry died, because I knew there's nothing I could do about it. And people have to understand, because I, I know some people who are still, still grieving over someone that, that, that they may have lost years ago. I'm not gonna say Jared didn't cross my mind because he does, but I went to the Carmelites that day. I didn't tell you that. I went to the Carmelites the same day that he died, and I spoke to, spoke to Sister Ame, and she told me, I, I told her, I said, my youngest son just died this morning. She said, well, you're going to be a support for a lot of people. And I'm saying to myself, how can I help other people? I just lost my son. Mm-hmm. So I went and I knelt down in the front pew, as usual, at the Carmelites in the front of Mary. And Mary said, he's up here with us. And that was all. That was all I needed to hear. That's all, that's that's all you needed to hear. <laughs> yeah. That's so beautiful. Wow. That's awesome. I, uh, I just completed a book, Behold Your Mother, by Tim Staples. And I've been doing a lot of uh, my relationship with Mary. I had done the consecration to Mary and mm-hmm. Joseph and... Those were all beautiful things. Those are some things I was doing in the chapel uh, when I, when you'd see me. But uh, that book for me, just it, it was it was huge. And and I, I view Mary 
with so much more love and understanding and respect. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the thing that struck me was how the 5,000 years of the Old Testament that all led up to the prophecy of Christ came down to the Annunciation where Mary had an, an option to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if she said no, it was all for naught, you know, and, and, and her place in salvation history is just, I have such a respect yeah. in that, you know. And uh, I think about that too, you know, what would have happened if she had said no? I know. It's better to say she knew what she was going to go through with her son. Yeah. That had to be hard. It is. You know, I, I have a lot of non-Catholic friends that we get into it over many <laughs> subjects. And uh, and one is Mary, obviously. <laughs> and um, and they say, you know, hey, she was just a woman. She was just a vessel. You know, it could have been anybody. If she just said no, they'd ask somebody else. You know, and I, I, I don't I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either because he was the only one that he had kept, kept evacuated. Yeah. So if she just said no. I ain't buying it. Uh, so, Miss Pat, tell me, uh, you, you got a chance to meet, really kind of meet my mom through an awards banquet that y'all both had had. And, and mom loved coming to adoration with me. And she was elderly at the time. But I know she always had an affinity for you. And she always talked about you, you know, uh, and your faith. I mean, it inspired her. Um, and and, I, and I'll share with you that, um, you know, mom wrote a diary every day for 42 years. Wow. And when she passed, I, and I got that. And I, I, I've been it just so, so much comfort. But what I've been doing, I don't know if you noticed, but I, the little red book I bring in the chapel now, and I've been writing. I started a diary two years ago, and, and I, I found it's hard to do every day. It's really hard. And mom used to write a lot about what she ate every day, which nobody wanted to read, you know. So, and I find myself doing the same thing. But, but, uh, but, I, but when I write in the Adoration Chapel, I'll fill in the days, and, and it's oh, it's 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 gotten much better. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think somebody might want to read it one day, you know. Whereas before, I would say no. But uh, do you journal? No, because I get lazy. I start journaling. Then I skip a day or two, and I journal again. So I don't. Yeah. And I say I should write a book. But no, I haven't. And I say, when it's time for me to write, he will let me know. Yeah. And he really does. So tell me, because we both have a little bit of a desire. And I had a gentleman on uh, that was on the show last week that, that, um, that wrote a book here in Lafayette. But if you, if you were to write a book, give us a little hint what it would be about or what, what you might entitle it. You thought about it? The Battle is Not Ours. Wow. And uh, I, used to, I planned to write it after my son had passed. But uh, one of my brothers said, well, God didn't take you instead of him because there's so much more he wants you to do. So I would, I would write about my experiences, the, the part he played in my life, the part God played, played in my life, and has played in my life and is still playing in my life, and my devotion because it did seem that way to me, but see, but to everybody else think I'm so devotional. <laughs> but yes. uh, he's, he's done so much for me, so... Uh, no matter what's going on in my life, I thank him because I, I see there's a blessing. Mm-hmm. And I thank him for it, for all the gifts and talents he had given me, you know, and my children. So that's what I'm looking at doing. I say once I retire, I'll do it. I've been retired a couple of years. I haven't started. Mm-hmm. I'm busy helping in the community and doing other things. Tell me who, you mentioned Monsignor Mouton, and uh, I would imagine he had an impact on your life, but t- tell me some of the people that have run through Pius, that, uh, whether they're just parishioners or, 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 or the clergy that have touched you. Weldon Dufresne. Now, Weldon passed away maybe five years ago, if, if that long. 
but he was the first person in Pius Parish to welcome me to the church. Mm-hmm. And we used to have uh, meetings at his home. He's in Miller's once a week. And he was just so, he was just so genuine, so sincere, you, you know, about what, uh, whatever he did. And uh, I remember one time we had a hurricane came through, and he came and he cut the trees that had fallen in the yard. Mm-hmm. So he and his wife merely played a big, big part in mm-hmm. my life. That's beautiful. So tell me again, Miss Pat, uh, your your parents uh, are they uh, were they very devout? I mean, uh... no, they worked all the time. Mm-hmm. But when I was coming up, I wanted to be a nun because mm-hmm. nuns always smelled good. <laughs> <laughs> And there's yeah, some of the prettiest nuns around. I say, I want to be like that. Well, I'm around her every Friday for a long time, and she does smell good, and she looks good, too. She always dresses well, and you remind me of my mom in that regard, that you're always very well-dressed. And uh, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, you know, where does that come from? Mom. Mom. Mama did, yeah. 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 You know, that's a tradition. And, and it's a tradition, and I dress well for sure because I'm going to spend time with Jesus. Yeah. I don't care if it's a, during the week or if it's on weekends, I will dress up to go to Mass. That's so beautiful. Nice job. So, what's on, what's, you know, is it one day at a time? Uh, you know, what, do you have plans? Or tell me what's, uh, or, or even so, what's in your prayer? What's God telling you today? What, what's in your prayer life that, that He's speaking to you? Well, I ask Him every day to let me do His will and not mine. So, He has me running around doing things. My nephew, excuse me, my nephew was elected judge, uh, Royal Colbert, and so he has an investiture on Sunday. So God wanted me to handle that because he mm-hmm. got to be the one to do it. Mm-hmm. I said, well, his dad is there. I want you to handle it. So that's why I'm doing that. And um, I'm probably, I'll probably get a call from somebody else telling me that they need my help. Mm-hmm. So I just drop everything and I go. It's interesting, uh, it's just a pang for me that, that that's was your nephew. I did not know that, uh, but I had uh, hosted Amanda Martin, who he ran against, <laughs> on the radio show, and her testimony was beautiful, And uh, you know, but that's good. Uh, I, I was like, God, why did you not let that woman win? She was, she was a, she's an amazing person. Now, now, now I know. Miss Pat, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> she, she 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 asked for it, and the God just makes it happen. So now, Amanda, if you're out there listening, now you know why you lost. <laughs> and he's an usher in the church. Yeah. So at Queen of Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Just just a minute or two left on the show. Um, and has this devotion that you have been passed on to your children? I know sometimes listeners come on and they get frustrated because their kids don't attend mass. And they don't. Yeah. My daughter does. Now now she she go she go every day. But my, both of my boys, all my boys were altar service. Mm. And uh, it's something about guys when they grow up and become men, they figure they don't need God in their life, that they could do it. And I don't know if you were that way or not, but oh, yeah. I know I've seen that. And uh, the one who's a doctor, he's he talking about uh, he does these surgeries and all. I say, God gave you those gifted hands. You mm. didn't do that by yourself. So uh, I pray for him every day to return and... I'm at peace with that because I know, and I've told them, I say, I may be on my dying bed, but you're coming back to church. I'm not worried about that. God has that, so. Well, maybe all these guys that have surrounded you in the Adoration Chapel are, are there for a purpose, you know, because we're all Cursiestas, and maybe we need to invite your sons to make Cursia. And yeah, I've mentioned it to them, yeah. and and my son-in-law made a, a Cursiesta, but 
We just got to keep praying. As my senior told me, in God's time, my senior told me, said, Mrs. Cormier, don't worry about them. Don't nag them. Just keep praying because God listened to her mother's prayers. And she's got that covered, I promise you. (laughs) Uh, And so, Miss Pat, let them know I'll sponsor them anytime, any day, any any, any way. Okay. Uh, Thank you for being on the show. You've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show with Miss Pat Cormier-Colbert. Blessing in my life. I love you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love you, too. All right. Until next time, engage the Cajun Catholic in you. God bless.